Hey guys, what's going on? This is the first ever episode of the After Foreplay podcast. Hope you enjoy a little one-on-one time with Zach and I. This was our first time sitting down with a couple of mics. Had a little bit too much to drink, but we hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as we did recording it. All right, we're starting a podcast, we're live. man. We're doing we're, it. We're live. We're doing the podcast. Me and you, brother. All right. We're, we, we're drinking... Um, now, this isn't going to be an always podcast thing, but we think for the first one, it's probably... Yeah, th- it'd be too unhealthy for us to do rum and Red Bull. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> All the time. Not sponsored by Red Bull, but it could be. Yeah. All right. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to After Foreplay. After Foreplay podcast. All right, so I feel like... <coughs> Sometimes when I listen to people starting podcasts, they just list off all the things they're going to talk about. I don't want that. I've actually one. never listened to a first episode of a podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Never. So I, I feel like a lot of times when people are getting started, they just, oh, this is what we're going to be doing. Like, yeah. Trying to get people, hi- almost like a commercial for the podcast, but I feel like the best commercial is just to actually do what we're going to be doing um, wh- when it's at full, you know, full swing. Um, you want to talk about like down the road what we want it to look no, like? I feel or? like I don't want to do that. I feel like at the end of the day, I think both of us when we were starting this, what we, what we were saying is that you know we wanted something that we wanted a, a project in our life life that had zero goal. If that makes sense, like yeah. I think we do have yeah. a goal. We want yeah. everything that we do to be successful, but I think this is something where we're not we're not shooting for it. Um, we're not shooting for the outcome. We're not we're not beginning with the end in mind. Okay. You know, we're, yeah. we're doing it kind of very instinctively and we want it to evolve with whatever um, feels natural to like whoever we're having on. And yeah, and we're not, we're not trying to us. make any monetary gain by this whatsoever. No. I feel like everything we do in life for you and I, it is pretty much driven by monetary gain. Yeah. So this is like one of the things. One of the not. things that we're doing for just pure pleasure. Um, and so like, I feel like, you know, if I was listening, I'm trying, I'm trying to put myself in the, in the. The shoes of someone listening for the first time, some, I mean, I'm assuming most people will know who we are from our personal lives, mm-hmm. but if someone was listening, they didn't know who we were. I think, you know, as a, as a whole, this, this podcast is, is a pillar uh, at the end of every week, you know, for us. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those, it's, like, it's adding a, a piece of consistency to our weeks um, where we can like decompress mm-hmm. and as well uh, provide hopefully some value to people. Um, mm-hmm. I think that throughout the week, both you and I, we do like a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that stuff could be shared with people. Like I, I know that for me, if I looked at myself, uh, you know, th- three years ago, I'd want to be listening to myself 100%. right now. hundred percent. You know, so I, I'm thinking that if it is, if there is a, if we are starting this with a goal, I feel like it's to talk to ourselves three years in the past mm. and i feel like as long as we we stay true to that i think it's going to end up in a good place where we want it to be i like that and also that a lot of the times that the two of us are together we're talking about a lot of things where we're like man this would be so interesting mm. for other people to listen to especially not, not to toot our own horns no 100 percent. like especially like uh, things like we do like when we're traveling and stuff we've had so many times where we would be like sitting in a cool place and it facilitates this amazing conversation like fuck that'd be such a good podcast <laughs> yeah you know yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it happens yeah. so often yeah. um i think it was just one of those things where we finally bit the bullet on this and, and, and got the mics and and we live pretty unconventional lives yeah you know so th- there's a lot of things that are irregularities most people don't see that i think would be interesting yeah I, I, whether it be like stories and business principles that have right. worked and not worked and all that kind of good stuff there's lots of good stories that i feel like are going to be unpacked over over these two mics yeah um and so I think that it's probably a good time to transition to like, yeah, we are, we are, we are taking a very instinctive approach to this podcast, but it's going to have a little bit of structure. Um, I think that if we were to sit down and just shoot the shit, 
I don't know if it like it, it would probably fulfill that side of us that said we just want to do something for our pa- for out of a passion, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't fulfill that value part that mm-hmm. we we want to do for other people. So the, I think yeah, I'll let There's, you take it away with with what we think the pillars are gonna be. Sure. So I mean, yeah, like we want we want it to be a lot of value and as well as have the entertainment because I think even when I when you and I listen to podcasts, we we like some of the podcasts that have a lot of entertainment yeah. and then we like some of them that are really dense and have a lot of value and something that's like in between. I think is where you and I align. That you know, this is that's something that we want to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So in terms of what we thought of as pillars of of what we want, so the for the uh, the podcast is called After Foreplay which is an interesting enough name in and of itself. And perhaps we'll get into that in a little bit later, but the three pillars that we thought would be the best for like a general structure around the conversation is business biohacking and bullshit. Yeah. Because mo- most of our conversation, if not all of it, um, cause I think when you initially proposed this to me, you're like, this is a great idea for three pillars, business biohacking and bullshit. And you're like, does that encompass everything that we talk about? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we don't <laughs> talk about anything else but that. Yeah. So, so those are the three th- pillars we thought the three B's yeah. business biohacking and bullshit. And we're taking a very uh, liberal approach to defining the word biohacking. Yeah. I feel like we want to put that. We fit things that's how we fit to things. That's how we fit things sounded good together. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I think yeah. both of us are interested in biohacking but we're not by any means biohackers no 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 you know and so i think it's almost like we're we are going to be the the i don't know i don't know what how you're it's like you're we're your neighborhood biohackers (laughs) you know (laughs) we're not we're not like we're not like super into it we're not we're not doing tests on ourselves but it's we are looking for efficiencies throughout our day um both of us have a lot of stuff on our plate and we want to be continuing to put more stuff onto our plate whether it's from like you know, physical challenges to actual business endeavors or, or things that more align with our passions. We're always kind of taking more on mm-hmm. and you reach a limit. And I think that both of us look at, you know, the term biohacking as, as a very loose term. And it's yeah. that it can come down to even, you know, hacking relationships, the yeah. way you, in, the way you interact with people to make sure that they, you, you like, I would say that the way we look at biohacking is more life optimization, life design. Maybe I feel yeah. like life design is better, a better way that we describe biohacking. Yeah, like the business part is kind of separate from the life that the the life optimizing part, you know? Yeah. Like the the business part is a pillar definitely of in and of itself, but then but then the the personal part encompasses a lot and I, f- I feel like biohacking could, you know, compartmentalize all the stuff that we talk about whether it be like productivity hacks or like you said some relationship hacks and how mm-hmm. we're de- you know all the different things that we take into account when we're working on ourselves right right okay, so i feel like we're getting really high high level right now exactly what we said we didn't want to do what's your what's your over the last like two weeks what's your number one implementation that you've done in your life that's like a little bit of like a biohack or okay. a life optimization what's your what's the most it doesn't mean the most transformative what's the one you want to share the most hmm Bought the aura ring, okay. which we've talked about a little bit. Yeah, I lost it. Yeah, which is a classic amongst it, two amongst of us. us. Yeah. yeah, we lose a lot of things. Oh, we lose everything. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still. I have a toss up in my head about this. If it's like a good thing, it's like, oh, we're just so deep in our thoughts because we're so philosophical. <laughs> forget everything. That we just forget little petty things. No, I think we're being irresponsible. Yeah, irresponsible. It's probably, <laughs> yeah. it's probably actually yeah. what it is. Um, so I got the aura ring from yeah. a recommendation. Where did I originally hear about it? It might have been probably like a Ben Greenfield podcast, but I've been, I've been kind of looking around the market for something to track sleep, uh, recently. So I got the aura ring and I've been starting to kind of dabble in tracking my sleep and trying Mm. to optimize that, which has been kind of interesting. So if, I mean, we could, we could get into that if you want to, or if we want to, 
I mean, let's let's. I level. feel like maybe let's let's distill it down to something that you know. What was the main takeaway that you had from your? I mean, from your limited time with the Aura Ring, yeah. Uh, before you lost it, you know, um, what is that? You know, what was what was the key takeaway? You know, what was the spark notes of it? Like, what changed in your life? What did you even notice that you should change mm-hmm. to to optimize your sleep or at least get more out of it? Okay, so let me let me, let me start kind of broad. It's interesting because with anything like sleep dieting or anything like that, it's always like there's always programs and a lot of, you know, trending things people do around trying to optimize their health, weight loss, sleep, anything in the kind of health realm. And a lot of these things, I think they work just because they're programs, not necessarily what the program is. It's because people start tracking these things. You know, and anytime you're tracking how much sleep you're getting and the quality of the sleep, you know, it, it's going to be a good thing. Same with diet. No matter what yeah. kind of diet you're on, if it involves tracking what you're eating, it's going to be beneficial. For so sure. I think there's a lot to say about just having some sort of Structure, tracking around yeah. your sleep. Yeah. I mean, just having the aura ring and knowing that I'm going to be looking at how much sleep I'm getting, I'm putting more mental attention into making sure I'm getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to say about just having some sort of tracking no matter what it is. Because anytime I bring up the aura ring to somebody, it's like, oh, I got the Fitbit and it's 150 bucks and the aura rings 300 bucks. You know, what are the benefits aside from that? And I think yeah. the ta- a big takeaway is just track it somehow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but in terms of the aura ring specifically, I mean, there, there's a good podcast, uh, from the founder and I think it's Tim Ferriss or you might be on he a couple one with him. Yeah. He did. He did one with yeah. them where he talks about the technology yeah. involved. I mean, one reason, one way, one thing that I like about the aura ring is like the hardware. It's just, it's just a little ring which mm-hmm. is much nicer. I used to sleep with the Apple watch on, which is, it's so big and intrusive and, yeah. and just wearing a little ring when you sleep, I find much easier. Um, but in terms of where my sleep has been, so it tracks like the different stages of your sleep. And I don't want to get into like, cause I'm not a sleep expert of like mm-hmm. all this, all the stages and how you should be optimizing it. But I noticed that I was losing out on a lot of REM sleep. Um, and so I was, you know, looked into kind of some of the ways that I could kind of get more REM sleep throughout the day, which mm-hmm. is like your dream sleep. Uh, that you're getting, which looking at some of the research involved, it looked to be that REM sleep was associated with like your cognitive replenishing. Like, right. um, so, so I thought important. that that would be, <laughs> that would be kind of important. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I, I used to listen to a lot and watch a lot of like, uh, things that would take my mind off of work at the end of the day, yeah. like movies on an iPad or like random bullshit. Um, and I stopped doing that and I've ha- I have seen an increase in REM sleep, not having any screen time before bed. Hmm. So what do you dream about? If you do dream, do you remember your dreams? I remember all of my dreams. Really? No, not all of them. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how do you remember that you forgot? Or you, like, you, know, you forgot some. I do remember a lot of them. Okay. So I was looking at, so the, so the aura ring will show you a graph of like your stages of sleep um, plotted against the time of your sleep. Yeah. Um, and I was noticing a lot of REM sleep right before I woke up. So it makes, okay. makes sense. If you have a REM sleep right before you wake up, you'll remember all your dreams or the dreams that you had. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I remember, I remember a decent amount of do my dreams. Do you have dreams. any like, reoccurring dreams? I had this one scary ass dream from a kid. Okay. Yeah. Do you still get it? I haven't had in a while, but I'm like fighting a witch with my friend. Okay. And then she's in a chair, but still beating us, huh. which, you know, yeah. Interesting. Says something about me. We'll, I guess. we'll let the uh, online psychologist <laughs> just unpack that <laughs> unpack for you. Unpack that for me. Yeah. I hope so. And I'm fighting this witch and sh- somehow I fall beside her on the chair and she turns to me and points the wand and then I wake up. Huh. Every time, and I've had it like I've had it a decent amount of times. H- have you had any recurring? Dreams? I had re- I had like more of those kinds of like helpless recurring dreams, like when I was a kid. But I feel like they've kind of subsided as I've grown up. Mm-hmm. But I have one recently, probably within like the last six months, and it's I'm in a I'm in a room completely by myself. 
Um, and I wouldn't say that it's a dark room or a light. I get that because someone asked me this. I was I was telling telling them this dream, and they were like, "Was it a dark room or a light room?" I'm like, "I don't know what it was. It wasn't dark nor light. It was just a room." Mm. And so it's like looking back, it's like I don't know. I don't know what color the walls are, but I take a basketball shot and I miss it, and there's no one in the room uh-huh. to see me miss the shot. Okay. And then the dream's over, and so I've been trying to unpack it because I keep fucking getting this dream. When was the last time you had it? Uh, three nights ago. Oh, really? Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, this is recent. So you're you're in a gymnasium on your own. You take the not shot. a gymnasium. No, no, no. I don't know what the room is. The room is not okay. dark nor light. The room is not a gymnasium or an mm. empty room. But it's a room with nothing. There's nothing other than me and the basketball net. And I miss the basketball net, and then I wake up, like almost like fuck, I missed it. Ah, yeah. That would drive me insane. Yeah, never made it. You don't get to take a reshot. Don't take. No, it's like I wake up. Oh shit. Yeah, I feel. I've been unpacking it. Again, I'm not an expert on this, and I haven't looked anything up. And I, I've, I've been trying to like unpack it in my head. Like, what can I get from this dream? Not like, mm-hmm. what does this mean? But like, what can I take from it? And I feel like it's almost like reminding me that like to do stuff when people aren't watching. Okay. And it's almost like the things that you that you're doing when people aren't watching are the things that really really matter. You know, like nobody's watching me take the, like take this shot. But like every day we take shots where people don't, aren't aren't watching, and like they're mm-hmm. just as important. You know, okay. because the shot eats me alive when I'm in, in the dream, you know, and no one's watching. Like, it's just a basketball shot. Yeah. There's gotta be some sort of significance to nobody watching. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if yeah. you're kind of taking this shot. Because, because no I, I, it's almost like a, if there was people watching, there's a reason to be disappointed. Yeah. Right. Hmm. I don't know. That's, a, that's, a, that's the, that's the conclusion I've been drawing from it. Okay. Um, my biohack. I know you like this one. So, I mean, we both recently moved. Yeah. Um, and so that's led to, furniture redoing our apartment like a ton of stuff like we're we're, yeah. we're both like probably not even close to where we want our current living situations to be um both of us are uh avid overthinkers um it's a great way of describing us yeah yeah we like i've had people come into this place and there's like tape on the floor like what because what, like, i'm measuring stuff out like i'm trying different couches like with the tape like you know like <laughs> like I, is this a murder scene yeah like uh, for me it's like if i'm gonna make a decision you might as well make the right one mm. if I, like you know like you might as well put the the effort into making the right one like it took me like two weeks to order a couch I recently just ordered one today but okay so i think we're digressing a little let, bit let, let's start of where how we got here because right. we, we were working we both work from a laptop we don't need to be anywhere and i, I yeah. feel like there's a lot of people working from home yeah. that are looking are looking for the optimal work situation, situation. The, the optimal work environment and this was a question that we were pondering for a little bit i feel like we're close to it yeah i we're, think, well, I think we're it's definitely gonna be closer a, than where we were it's gonna be it's gonna be okay so i mean i think backstory here is good so you you started your business from your parents house yes right I, same so did i mm-hmm. um but on a, like a way smaller level um and so like i worked i worked out of my home whether it be my parents' house or or my university dorm versus my first my first apartment and then the apartment that I just recently moved out of, um, where where in your parents' house was it? Your bedroom? Where were you working? At? Yeah, man, my bed. It was my bed, my yeah. laptop, and my lap. Well, you were young. You were much. I was, younger I was than super I was. young. I wasn't thinking about anything about optimization at that point. It was like let's just make two hundred bucks designing this like little thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I I had I had had homework for a while, um, like I and I had never had another job realistically. Uh, other than working out of home, and so when I had moved into my uh, my, my previous apartment before I moved here, um, I was working there, and I was at a point where I was pro- I was financially able to afford an office, and so I had, I, had, I had taken that leap. I found like a, a shared office space here in Toronto, and that was my first office space, and there was a lot of benefit that came with that. Separating yourself from work, having more mm. routine, you know, a lot of things can happen when you're 
when you're working hard and working from home, like life and work can bleed. And, um, I find that sometimes it's hard to find happy places. If that makes sense. You know, when you, when, mm-hmm. if your home life isn't great, then it's bleeding to your work life. Your work life isn't great. It's bleeding your home life. I think there's a lot of things that can happen in that point. So it was, it was nice to move into this office. And then, um, from there I had an opportunity to move into an office of like kind of one of my mentors and I had, I had been there for two years, um, and then had just recently left. And at that point we, we had started jamming in terms of business together. Mm-hmm. And then, so we were kind of like, uh, you had always worked from home. I had, o- I had had, I had seen both. And then we had found ourselves working in your lounge, um, of your, of your apartment building, mm-hmm. um, every day. And so we, we were bringing to give everybody a little bit yeah. of context. We, we, st- we were bringing our, our 27 inch IMAX. IMAX. It's like the biggest desktop you could buy <laughs> down to this lounge at uh, this communal lounge in my building. I was hopping in an Uber in the morning <laughs> with yeah, an IMAX with a sweater covering the IMAX Ubering over to your place. Yeah. Um, and then we were setting it up in a communal lounge, taking up all the, all the space, all of the space. Yeah. yeah. We, were, we were holding meetings in there. Yeah. We were, we, we were <laughs> leaving our MacBooks there and going for lunch for going a few for lunch, hours. Right. Yeah. yeah. So and we, there's a bunch of people trying to work in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that long story short, we created a, we created a new policy in their built in the building unfortunately <laughs> yeah. that they essentially sent out a memo being like you can't use the lounge's office space but we had going we had it going for a good two months i think yeah and th- they give us a few days notice and they're like after this you can't bring your max yeah any monitors down and that had started a conversation with us where we're like you know i think both of us took a step back and we we're like okay we're we're moderately successful people we have the money to pay for space why aren't we paying, paying for people that are bigger than us are paying for, you know what I'm saying? It was kind of one yeah. of those things where who the fuck are you? Let's make a move kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that had led us into, uh, and I think, I think that was kind of right before the Dallas trip. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or no, oh, I, right. I don't, I might've been right. The Dallas after. trip might've happened before. And then this happened after. And I think it was almost like a snowball effect where it's like, you know, Dallas trip happened where we went to go see Tony Robbins. We had started talking about, you know, getting an extra. So Tony Robbins, um, we had went to unleash the power within. This is going to be a little quick. We don't want to get into this. I think this would be a separate episode. Um, but we had went to Tony Robbins and he tells this amazing story about, uh, you know, he had gotten a woman pregnant and, and he had decided that that was when he was going to change his life. Mm-hmm. He wanted to like give this kid an, an amazing life. And so, um, he had rented a, he had rented this place called the Delmar castle. Right. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, the rent for the year was the same amount as a salary or how much he made the previous year. So he made like $38,000 and to rent it for the whole year was $38,000 the previous, the next year. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, he had, he had raised his standards and he had made a, his first million dollars that next year. So he went from $38,000 to a million dollars. There might be some changes, like some, I might be recalling that story a little bit wrong, but that's the spark notes. And so I think that had started us to talk about, you know, we're at a point in our lives where we can do a lot of these things where it's like, we can, we can make a move. Is it most responsible fin- personal financial decision? Maybe not, but it started opening that door in our heads. Right. Yeah. Of well, like we, we had that, we had this idea that to, to set a new standard, set a new standard, you know, like, like yeah. get a place that's a, that's out of your budget so that yeah. you stretch to make it, to make it your new life standard to get a place yeah. that's financially out of your budget so that, 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 that becomes the new normal for you. That that's, that's the lesson we learned. So that's, from that's, Robbins. that was the, yeah, that was the, that was the catalyst to this conversation. Yeah. I don't think we ended up there. And I think that's a good thing. Um, well, we, we were looking at like really big penthouses and like massive apartments in, in Toronto. As like live workspaces. So yeah. to give you context, so it's like we were going from like, we had said, we had essentially, we, both of us had said this thing where it's like, uh, I don't want to go my whole life without living in a penthouse in Toronto in my 20s. Mm-hmm. 
it was like it was. I think both of us agreed to that. It was like, well, yeah. Like, when else are you gonna do it? You're not gonna do it in your forties. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. it's like we're fucking in our twenties now. So if we don't want to go through a whole, we don't want to go through our twenties without living in a penthouse. Then it's time. <laughs> like it was kind. It was kind of. So we we had started looking at penthouses, and we had seen some really amazing properties. Um, we had seen. I, I think what what our real estate agents had it was like it was like the largest one story penthouse in Toronto. Yeah. You know, we're and and we had looked at a couple other like really really special spaces. Um, I think that's the best way to describe them. You know, yeah. they weren't they weren't extravagant, but they were special. Like they weren't they were for they were for people that were doing different things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was when you walked into those, it's like this isn't for anybody. You know, this isn't for someone raising a family. This it was it was for people. It was for special people. Um, yeah, it kind of scratched an itch. You know, yeah, people people want to know like what are the what are the most awesome cool places downtown Toronto? Yeah, we saw them. We we were we told that to our real stage. We're like, yeah. find all those places. Yeah, and when we had when we had essentially the kind of calculation we had done was like take you know take your rent, my your personal rent, take my personal rent, and then take what we're willing to spend on an office and put it together. And like, well, we can get a fucking sick place. <laughs> yeah, and we had yeah. seen these places, and and like I said, yeah. But I think a lot of those places weren't perfect for what we want. You, mm-hmm. There was one that was perfect. Yeah, um, other was than other than location, it was a it was a beautifully converted old office building, um, and it was like a it was like a two story kind of like townhome converted. It was it was beautiful. It was kind of like an event space. It had an eighteen yeah. foot island in the kitchen. Like it was massive. Yeah, it had a keg tap. And yeah. most, some of the, one of the most amazing bathrooms I had ever seen. The kind of stuff where yeah, I had a toilet. Where I've got when like you open the bathroom. talking about it again. Oh, maybe we should get it. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> so it had, it had a it had a it had a bathroom where when you open the door, the toilet seat opens for you. Yeah, like just yeah. just which, some, which in an emergency that that's that's actually pretty useful. Yeah, it's almost a necessity. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we had, we had started looking at these places, and then some of the conversations that happened where we had decided, you know, there's probably a better there's probably a better mix situation with us not living together. We do a lot of shit together. <laughs> like yeah. we travel together, uh, we work together, we go to the gym together. It's almost weird. It's almost weird. Yeah. Um, and so I think I think that call was actually probably one of the best ones that made throughout this whole this, this whole process was like the call of like, hey, maybe there should be like separation. And, um, and so we had seen the place that we're, we're sitting in now first Mm -hmm. on our hunt. Um, and I would still say this is a special place. Um, it just like the context of it didn't seem special at the time because, because we, we were, were looking, looking at these at, crazy places that yeah. were supposed to support you and I living and an office space and for four companies and room <laughs> yeah, to grow for yeah, four yeah. companies. Like we, yeah. so we, so we had seen this place and then we, and then it was backed up. And I mean, for, for me, when I had seen this place, I was in love with it. Like yeah. it checked every box that I wanted it to check, yeah. you know? Um, it was by the water. Like there's so many things, um, mm-hmm. that it checked for me, high ceiling, everything like that. Um, well, yeah, I hope I hope that this doesn't sound pretentious. It's because, not because the way that you and I were looking at it wasn't that we wanted a space that would impress people. I'm although I'm sure there's some subconscious things where we're like, you know, the reason that we're aiming for something this high is because we want people to look at it and yeah, say it's absolutely. it's awesome. But but both you and I I think look at spaces like you know, we want our life to be a certain way. We're trying to optimize our lifestyle. What what kind of space is going to be the most comfortable where we can, we're not limited by a space, you know? Yeah. So if, if there's something that we want to do, like bounce on trampolines in the morning, <laughs> that we have space to do We've it, the you know? we ceilings for it. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, there's, there's, yeah. So, and I think the space offers a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, and it's still being built out. Uh, there's still like so much that needs to be done, but it's been fun doing it. 
Um, and so I, th I think that was a roundabout way of talking about what my biohack is. So, so anyway, let's give people context. So like right now, we're kind of in the foreplay HQ. The foreplay HQ is ahead to is the home of multiple companies. Mm -hmm. um, it is also the place where I live, and it's a very it's actually quite separated from where I live, realistically. I mean, I, I wake up about 5 a.m. every day, um, and I don't really go to my bedroom, you know, until about 9. So it's like, it's very, it's a very hmm. in terms of the space and the way it's laid out, I'm very separated from home. And so talking about where I'd come from doing homework, then to office work, and now something that's almost a little bit of a hybrid, I realized, I think I've found really what I really enjoy, and it's, it is that hybrid where I think the reason why homework may have not been working for me is I just needed more space. Hmm. And I might say in a year that I just need more space. <laughs> and I think that's going to, maybe, maybe that'll just be something throughout my whole life. I just always need more space. But I think right now it's, yeah, I have good, I have a good separation. It's almost one of those things where, I mean, this is my first time living alone um, hmm. without a roommate, but it doesn't feel like that. If that makes sense. Like I, I was, I was, when we had started talking about living separately, I was like, I was apprehensive because I was like, the way I look at it is like, I have my whole life to live alone and so it's like i kind of want to live the years where it's okay to live live with someone with someone if that makes sense you know yeah. um that's the way i was looking at it so i was kind of like uh i was apprehensive to move in alone so i was like i don't i don't know if i want to move in alone yet because like i can just do that for the rest of my life <laughs> rest of my life it was like yeah. there's a certain age where i feel like living with a roommate becomes uh, it's still okay it's, it's still okay for me to live with a roommate it's so like the, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to take full advantage of all the things that came with that and i feel like it i i still get that like I'm, I'm seeing you every day. I'm seeing other people that are coming into the office to work every day. So I feel like mm -hmm. I'm getting that connection with people and like, sh and being able to share a space with people. Um, but at the same time, I also get like a nice amount of seclusion after the work day is done. Mm -hmm. um, and then the ability to, you know, live my life the way I want to. So I, I think I'm, I mean, in terms of where I'm at right now, I'm, I'm, I'm outrageously happy. So, so tell us what you've done with your bathroom. Okay. So I hate clutter. Like I'm not the, I'm not the cleanest person and I, I let stuff get cluttered, but I fucking hate clutter. Um, and so for the longest time, the one thing that drives me insane is when people have like soap bottles in their, in their shower, just mm -hmm. like sitting, I think it's the ugliest thing. And I also hate, I hate packaging for someone that loves design and loves branding. I fucking hate packaging. Like in, in the kitchen, I take the, I take the label off the mayonnaise jar, like all these kinds of things. Cause I just, I just don't see the value in it. Like, um, I, I take all of my personal care products and I put them in little squirt bottles from Muji, like that Japanese company. Mm. So there's no branding on everything. And, and I don't, I honestly don't know what has like driven this. It's kind of like I started doing it for certain things and it's kind of escalated. And so for the longest do you, do time, you think that it, do you think that it clears your attention? Not, not seeing these, the branding and the colors and the imagery. And you the know what it is, is like whenever I look at branding or color and imagery, it was, it, this is actually very interesting. So like when I, w when I wanted to be a filmmaker, I couldn't watch movies anymore. Okay. Because the whole, I could never enjoy them because I would be watching these movies being like, how do they do that? And I was also into, I was really into visual effects. So I'd be like, how are they doing this shot? How are they doing this? You know, like how long did it take for this shoot date? Like I was, I was, I was unpacking this movie in my head whenever I was watching them. And I think now that my intention has dried, draw, driven way more into design and branding and, and image. Um, you, and I'm unpacking this live right now as you like gave me that prompt. I think that might be a, a version of that where mm -hmm. if I look at a design of a package, I'm like, I could have done that better. This is how, or this, or I would look at it as this is better than I could have ever done. Like whatever that, that thought yeah. might be. So it does kind of lead you down a, a path thought path. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think some of those paths of thoughts are great, but I, th I think a hundred percent, I think your little, 
um, common has maybe clarified this for me. It's that day to day, I don't want those thoughts. Mm. I want to be focusing on what I'm working on. I don't yeah. want to be distracted. But, and so that might be what it is, but because I do have like a little bit of an OCD about, about this. And so what that's led to is like, I, I wanted pumps in my shower. <laughs> I wanted I wanted soap yeah. pumps. Okay. I wanted I didn't want bottles. Which in I my think shower. is a great idea. Oh First, yeah. The bottle is just so inconvenient. You got to squirt. If if you want your shampoo, you take it off the shelf. You got to bend over in the in shower if it's on the if it's on the the ground. Yeah, and then and then you got to like once it's in your hand, you got to close it with a part of your wrist, and then you're putting it back yeah. on the shelf, and then like it. Doesn't it's work. not a great experience, and honestly, personal care products have horrible design. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I'd spent, I fuck, I spent like four hours, I swear to God, looking at the best pumps. I didn't want it to feel like I was in a, a corporate gym. I didn't want plastic. I wanted like something that was metal, but like, like, I, a, so pump th- as in like a canister, kind a canister of, that's like a on the wall attached to the that wall you, you put your products into so. and you can pump out like, like if you're at the gym and, but I wanted something that felt premium. Like yeah. I, I, as I've been, as I've gotten older, um, like I, like I, I think back to some, and today we ran past my old apartment and I think about some of the things that I had in that old apartment or like the way I would have done things in that old apartment. It makes me like, it makes me cringe. Um, but I think as I've gotten older, I've just, I've, I've got such an appreciation for really good products and really good tactile feeling and really like everything in your life is a fucking experience. So you might as well make it a good one. Yeah. Like that's where I'm kind of at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, this is this is another thing. I, I mean, I, I take cold showers, too. So, it's like, I want to be efficient, you know? Like, yeah. I, I, I just, I don't want anything in between me and just having a shower. And and so, for me, like, I again, so what I ended up, what I ended up buying uh, were these, uh, like, it was from a brand called Simple Human. They're aluminum, um, but you can see which product is, is it's each. It's a great brand name. Yeah. Yeah, they make, they make a lot of stuff for um, Bed Bath & Beyond. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think they might have a partnership or it's an internal brand or something. Um, but yeah, that's what I landed on. It was a triple pump, so I got shampoo, conditioner, body wash, um, and the one, okay. So I'm gonna t- like so I was looking at some cheaper options, but the one and this is something to say about product design is that sometimes it's just it's just that one extra little like you do one more kind of thing. It had a a hanger for a razor, like a little a little hook to put your razor, and that took me from looking at like 50 to $60 pumps to where I ended up was like the $110 range oh, of pumps. Oh, you spent 110 bucks. 110 on this. Okay. Yeah. On all three. All so three. Three pumps. Three pumps. It was a triple. Um, <laughs> and so trip pump. It was a trip pump. The, yeah. okay, so the, and so I'm happy. I'm so happy with it. The only thing that it hasn't now, now that I'm looking at it is that there's every once in a while, if I want to shave my body, which I do, uh, I have to bring in shaving cream to the shower. You need a four pump. I needed a fourth pump, but I also don't know like what how you put shaving cream. These are shaving cream I use is like in, is in an aerosol can. So I don't know if there was a maybe there would be a different product switch up there if I had a fourth pump. But I don't know if I would have liked the fourth pump. I like I like odd numbers, <laughs> especially in design. Okay, a, a, a triangle is much more beautiful of a, of a shape than a square. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if I would have been happy with the fourth pump. And it's one of those things where I don't use shaving cream every day. So why would it be in the shower every day? Okay. That's the way I'm justifying it. I think, I think it. it's a little bit of a telling feature that you shave your my, whole, my whole arms. body. I don't You're shave like my a seal. Whole, well, I have facial hair. I'm like a seal. That's that's the only hair that you leave. Okay, um, but 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 I think it's kind of interesting because every everything is like a design aesthetic, you yeah. know. And so and hair is kind of something that's unintentional. It just grows for sure. So you know, every everything, every the small things on left 
in most people's lives you've stripped away so like you th- the mayonnaise uh <laughs> branding the hair that doesn't right. that that's there but you didn't intend it to be there so like i mean for, so the hair thing honestly is it is it completely an aesthetic choice yeah um so i mean i didn't get here i didn't get here intentionally i didn't decide to shave my arms one day i didn't decide to shave my legs one day but i got this tattoo uh, and when you get a tattoo, you have to shave. So I, I shaved the, when I went, I, it was, this was a very impromptu tattoo. And I, I sh- they, when I went into the shop, they shaved it for me. They shaved a square and I got the tattoo. And then about two weeks later, I looked at it on my arm and there was no hair still growing back. And I was just like, well, this looks stupid. <laughs> uh, and so I decided to just shave my arms yeah. and I did that. And I took a step back and I said, I like the way this looks. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. And then when it would start to grow back, I really didn't like the way that mm. arm hair growing back decided to look. And then so I continued to shave my arms. Um, and then from there, I was like, it looks kind of silly <laughs> to have shaved arms and hairy and, uh, legs. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then yeah. so I did, and I mean, I, I still don't really shave my legs with a razor. I shave my legs with like an electric. electric. Yeah. But because because once you're in the shower with like a razor and the foam on your legs, like yeah. it's, it's it's crossing it's a line a li- you can't come back from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't need. To be, I don't yeah. need to be that smooth. <laughs> but I, I mean, honestly, I do like the efficiency of drying off. It when you dry a freshly shaved body, it's, it's a lot better than a hairy body. That's um, true. Amen. I have the hairiest legs. Oh yeah, you got. Planet. I got. Yeah. So I have Grinch legs. Like yeah. once, once my hair grows on my knee, I have no knee anymore. It's just a bush, so I have to trim it. <laughs> it would be irresponsible for me not to. Yeah. So I get, I get the hair trimming thing. It's, it's weird. It's like people can, people can shave their face. They can cut their hair. But the second somebody touches their arm hair with a razor, it's like just frowned upon. I think it's also the one thing that the one, the one thing that throws me off sometimes I'll be with a woman. And if I put my arm beside her, <laughs> she has hairier arms and, she has, and it happens <laughs> often. It happens more often oh, than really? not. Because uh, most women don't shave their arms. Yeah, they don't. I don't know why. Why, why don't they? Shave I mean, I'm not. I'm not arms. saying that you need to shave your arms, girls. But um, it's it's one thing that throws me off. But I mean, that, but then it's I. So, <laughs> I think we had the conversation early, like, a couple of days ago about just doing things differently. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yeah. I fucking get off on that feeling when people yeah. just realize that you do something that's different. Like I fucking love it. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't think it influences my decisions. But when I make decisions in that street, in that. Uh, in that streamline uh, or what, I don't know, I don't know how to word that, but I enjoy them more. I enjoy the decisions that people are surprised by. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that's how I've kind of gotten over that is that people like you shave your arms. But yeah, <laughs> why? Cause I like it. <laughs> like it, 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 yeah. it and there's literally nothing else to it than that. Like it just throws people through this mental loop of trying to make connections of like, why does he do it? And right. Especially cause I, I feel like I'm also like in terms of like the other things I do, like I'm a relatively masculine person, you know, like yeah. I, I mean, I, I am Metro in a, in a, in a couple ways, but like in terms of like my hobbies and the things I do, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively masculine. So yeah. I think it really throws people off. Like <laughs> I actually sent out a tweet the other day and I was thinking through it and I was like, I don't see people toe rings anymore. And I sent out a tweet. And I was like, I'm going to start wearing a toe ring just to really throw people off. And I feel like it'd be awesome. Like if you're at a beach club, like all this kind of stuff, and you're just wearing a toe ring. Like, is that guy wearing a toe ring? Meet that guy. Yeah, we meet that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I like it. It's, it's fun. Um, it's almost like I'm kind of playing on like everybody's, everyone feels a need to put people into a box, you know? So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm as much as I, as much as I feel, I feel like I'm, I probably am someone that can be put into a box mm. in any way I can. I try to like, at least do a couple things to throw them off, you mm. know, um, to at least if anything, start more of an interesting conversation. Yeah. So. I think I, it's such, it's such a good get some ice. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Get some ice. Um, because 
So I, I heard this quote from there's this random YouTube compilation of advice from billionaires, and I'm pretty sure that the YouTube link for that video is just advice from billionaires. And if you search it up, it's just this like random cut and paste from all these billionaires doing speeches. And there's this one from one of these richest guys in the world that does, he's in, he's been in the Forbes list and nobody knows him. One of those dudes. And it, it's a snippet of him saying, pe people always ask me advice uh, for how I got here. And what I tell them is just do things the way that other people don't do them. And it's, it's like a very simple way of saying going against the grain, going against the herd. And like what you're kind of doing with like even the simple things of stripping mayonnaise uh, labels off the jar, shaving arms, like although it's trivial and small seemingly, it's, it's, it's kind of like a habit of doing things the way other people yeah. don't do them. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, we were talking about this the other day and I, f I feel like it's, it's, such a, it's such an important thing when it, when, it, when it comes to business, especially with it being you know, business the way it is, being so saturated and I actually had, so I had a conversation with my, one of my really, really close friends, like, like dear, dear friends the other day, like sitting right here. And it was that, it was that idea of, about doing something different. And it was the idea that no one ever want, like if you think about the average of anything, no one ever wants that result. M most cases, there are some cases where the average sounds fucking great. Mm -hmm. You know, average income of someone like you, like there's cer certain areas where it's it's okay, okay. But it's very small. Very small. Most of the time, when you take the average of anything, whether it's an outcome of anything, you don't want that. And so, mm -hmm. how what causes an average? And it's that it's a it's a group think. Everyone does something one way. And then that causes the average. Like the average is caused by the majority. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the way I've kind of, and I, I unpacked this with her sitting like exactly right here. And what I had thought was, and I, I, it was that if, unless you want average, then fucking do something completely different. Mm -hmm. Because if you're doing everything that anyone else is doing, mathematically, you're going to end up at average. Yeah. That's the, it's, it's, it's what it's going to be. And so, that I mean, and that and having that conversation, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like that's that's almost like my that's my thesis. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it is. It's that like nobody actually wants average. So then, why is everybody doing what's going to bring them just directly? And like, mm -hmm. average isn't always bad, but it's not what you want. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So and, and that was that was quite an interesting. Again, it was it was through a dialogue that we that we had got to that point, and I was just like, "Fuck yeah!" Like mm -hmm. fuck average. Average sucks. You get diagnosed with cancer. Do you ever, it, the, the average life expectancy or whatever mm -hmm. it is, it's like, that fucking sucks. Yeah. You know, like average salary. Well, you can't live on that. Like average, whatever, like all that average divorce rate. Like, well, mm -hmm. that fucking sucks. So it's like, well, how else, how are you going to do it differently? Right? Like if everyone, if, if the average divorce rate sucks, then you probably shouldn't do marriage like everybody else. Or you shouldn't, you, there's a lot of things you can unpack mm -hmm. with that. But I, I want everything but average. So I think, you know, and, and I don't think that me taking the label off of mayonnaise is going to do anything in my life that is going to put me ahead of anyone else, but it's a way of thinking. And I, and I think that's the idea is that if you decide and you're going to, if you decide, you know, one, uh, one, one area of your life or, you know, in general, you don't want to be average, well then you might as well go fucking all in on it. You yeah. know? I don't know, man. I think the take the label off the mayo could be a, a book title. Yeah. Like, like maybe <laughs> maybe an autobiography by Zach Murray, take the label off the mayo. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I mean, doing things, not the average. There's, 
Like, I really think you build a habit by doing the small things that aren't the average. It's like, yeah. you know, where, where do you start with that? You give somebody such a general big piece of advice. It's the hard part of that is where do you start? Mm-hmm. And so it's in the little things, you know? Right. Um, what do you do when you're alone? That's, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do people do when they're alone? I, f- I feel like that, that I always, I fuck man. Like we had this conversation about someone the other day where we were like, I would love to be a fly on the wall in their <laughs> life. Yeah. You know? Um, when they're, when they're, when they're on their own. Yeah. Doing? There's some people you can't unpack. And I think if you were to say, if you were, to, if you were to talk to everybody in our lives and you were to try to say, what do they do? Like, I, it's still some of my closest friends from back home don't really know what I do day to day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have no reason of figuring that out. Mm. So uh, it's interesting because yeah, like I, cause I think it's the, what you do when you're alone that matters way more than what you do when way people more. are way more. Yeah. Okay. So we got off on massive tangents, huge, but, tangent. but, but, but we hit, we hit a bit of biohacking, hit a little biohacking. Yeah. We talked, we talked about sleep. We talked about uh, kind of optimizing your space a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then we, t- and we, we talked about what you're doing with, uh, with your, with your lotion, shampoo, and conditioner in the bathroom. The pumps, yeah. The pumps. <laughs> which, I, which I really like your pump situation. And I feel like you should post a picture on your Instagram with the pumps. The pumps? Yeah. And, and then maybe, maybe you'll, get a re- you'll get some referral some, points from or maybe, the Yeah, maybe I'll get, a, I'll get like a little bit of a sponsorship from Simple Human. <laughs> yeah, because I really yeah. like the pumps. I feel like that's a really good yeah. hack. It is for your man. life. Just put some pumps in your bathroom. Man. It looks like, that's so fucking, easy fucking thing nice, to do. guys. Like it looks so nice. Yeah, it does look nice. It looks so P- nice. Post that pic on Insta. Let, let, let people see it. Let people know where the pumps are. Yeah. But here's the thing: is the I mean, it's it's out on out in the world, out in the ether now with the podcast. But are the pumps better of a surprise? Like if, if if let's just say, for example, uh, I'm you know. I'm I'm spending time with a woman. She hasn't she hasn't been back to my place yet. She comes back to my place, and she realizes the pumps. I feel like the pumps might be a better surprise than they are in out like you know like a shade like is that is that something you introduce yourself with the pumps the pumps and if I put it on my Instagram then it's out in the, it's 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 totally public mm-hmm. you know like if someone like right now someone's got to listen to us speak for about thirty minutes before they hear about the pumps. But an Instagram post, that's that's pretty public, hmm. and I don't I don't want to take like you know like the pumps are fucking valuable. The pumps the pumps mean something, <laughs> and I don't know if I you know I like I want to give it away. I don't know if I want to give. But here, listen, simple human. If you want to sponsor me, <laughs> outfit. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll, I'll tell you what's wrong with my place right now. Um, I don't know what you guys do in terms of products, but the faucet sucks. Um. I need a better drawer organizer for my, so I don't like having clutter on my bathroom counter. So I, I like having a module piece that I can bring out in and out. Mm. Um, so I need a better thing with that. Like right now when I pull it out, all the things move. Like I have all those like little like squirt bottles and they all fall over. So like if there was like a, there, there was something with sections, mm. that would be good. Um, trying to think what else that, uh, honestly, bath mats always throw me off. What, what about the hand soap? That's something that's always bugged me. I don't when somebody have a dish has a dish, and then there's like a bar of okay, soap that's in the gross. Dish. That's gross. Yeah. People might think this is gross. I don't use hand soap. How are you sanitizing your hands? I don't like. I honestly don't like. I, I'm I'm I, the I, worst I, I hand saw washer. You touch these ice cubes before they <laughs> went to drink. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm totally a rinse your fucking fingertips kind of guy. Okay, this is this is. <laughs> topic because i've o- i've always rebelled against the hand washing you know? <laughs> you're a rebellion i'm, I'm an anti-hand washer too <laughs> if, if there's no one in the bathroom i'm not washing my hands i'm washing my hands mainly because there's other people in the bathroom dude 100 percent. like i like to, i like to get the fingertips wet 
Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Whatever you're doing with your fingertips, we'd all like to hear about it. <laughs> but then also, who the fuck dries their hands in a hand dryer or uses one of those things? Like, I'm like a they pants too guy. Long. I'm a pants guy. Tossing the pants. Uh, on the pants. On the pants. Yeah. You don't need to, like, okay, so I, I had one of my, one of my previous relationships, I met a girl that was, had the same thought as us. And I was just like, fuck yeah. Should have married her. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, but I was, it was just like, fuck yeah. Like, honestly, like, we're, we're going into a public bathroom where you're going to be grabbing a handle on your way out where who knows who, what they did with their hand. Like, if anything, I've got a better immune system. <laughs> I've been building this shit for years. <laughs> and listen, and if I go traveling and there's not soap in the bathroom, I'm fucking good. You know? <laughs> but listen, all you hand washers out there, here's what's going to happen. You guys are going to go to Indonesia and you're going to get to a bathroom where they don't got hand soap. Yeah. And listen, you don't have the built up, you, like, you don't have the built up immune system that I've got. <laughs> I'm a specimen. Oh, 10, 15, 20 years 20 not years washing your not hands. Wash my, listen, I wash my hands. I, I wash the tip. I just wash the fingertips. Just the tip. I, I like the tactile and then in the pants and then out of the place. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't wash my hands. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. <laughs> I, mean, I wash them, but I think it's it's a less percentage. I wash my hands less than I than I. I don't wash my hands more than I than I do wash my okay, hands. Good. Yeah, when I'm, when I'm in and out of a public restroom, but I don't touch the handle. Who touches the handle? I'm usually pushing the door yeah, open yeah. or I'm body checking it. You know, there's no reason to have to grip the disgusting handle in right. a public bathroom. Um, so, I, so yeah, I don't do that. Also, your okay, your public bathroom. You sit on the toilet seat, right? I don't sit on the. You toilet don't seat. sit on the toilet Wait, seat. Wait, if you're if you're pooping. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, you no, I put a little. I put a little paper towel. Oh, you're one down. of those fucking. Okay. You sit on the you're toilet fancy. seat. You're <laughs> fancy. Listen, I'm in the bathroom. I'm breathing shit in, with like, you, like, <laughs> I, nothing's gonna happen from me sitting on the toilet seat. I don't sit if there's shit and piss on the toilet seat. But mm-hmm, I'm. Okay. I am not gonna lay out some toilet paper. No, oh, absolutely dude, not. You're missing out on building the skill of the nesting. <laughs> I don't need the skill. I don't need the skill. Okay, taken. I went to a bathroom one time. I think it was in China or it was Japan or somebody or something. And they had dispensers with toilet seat cutouts of paper towel that you just pull and those. place down on the toilet seat. Yeah. yeah. I think my grandmother used to actually used to travel with those in her purse. Well, your grandmother's a classy woman. Yeah, Pat, shout out. Shout out to Pat. <laughs> Pat. Use code Pat at checkout. <laughs> No, not I, I don't. We're definitely don't in the bullshit the category toilet. right now. Yeah, we're pro- probably for the bullshit. for the most part. Yeah, build your immune system. Don't wash your hands. Questionable if you should lay down a paper towel nest. If you should build a throne or if you should Dude, sit right. You on don't the ever seat. lick your ass, but you lick your fingers if you're having a good meal. I lick other people's asses, uh, okay. and I would appreciate if they right. let down a nest. I'll put down a nest. <laughs> All right. I anybody, hope my mom's not going to listen to this. Anybody wants to get their ass eaten, is. DM I'm, I'm sorry, Shane, Colleen, if at, you listen to this. At Shane Peterson. I don't actually eat okay. ass. We're getting a little loose Maybe here. we should stop at eating ass and, and go to a different uh, a different topic. I don't think I want to reveal that. Um, yeah. Okay, so we did we did some biohacking. We did some bullshit. Let's, ha- let's, let's talk let's about business. Talk I about like business. business. Fuck yeah, I love business. Yeah, business is Business is the best. You know why? Because people have an idea of what business is, but it's the fucking opposite of oh, what business is. Okay. You know? Hey. Preach. Guys. Preach hey, guys that went to business school. You don't know what business is. Okay. It's not what you do. Um, straight up. 
Like it's not like like ninety percent of business isn't what you guys do. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. So what do you think is the number one thing that people have in their head about what they think business is that isn't true? I think I think people think business is like so much structure and infrastructure and things that had come before them and rules and all. It's the fucking complete opposite of that. So what is it? It's innovation. It's doing things differently. At, at least the business that gets me going. You know, it's not for me. The business that gets me going isn't finding the two percent margin in this weird industry where we can buy up a bunch of stuff or like acquire a bunch of shit and then sell. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like those, like fuck that. That's just numbers. That's math. That's not business. Mm. Business is creating something that people are gonna love. Business is creating something that a business that that you can now um, you can give to another business that accelerates them. You know, mm-hmm. it is it is creating waves. It is creating something that if you do it it's going to continue to ripple after you have done whatever piece is that is your business. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I think it is. It, it's creating impact. And if it's good impact, bad impact, whatever it is, it's creating something that once you do your part, it continues to go. Mm-hmm. That's what business is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a transaction at all. Mm-hmm. And, and if anything, I think we're so like, I'm for me, I'm so lucky or I, I think I'm so lucky for like the, the generation that I, like that I was able to grow up in because the barrier to entry for business is so low. It's so low. It's nothing. It's pretty much nothing. And it's a $30 Shopify monthly fee or whatever it is. Like it's, I mean like there's so many costs it takes to start a YouTube channel. It's the cost it takes. Like if you look at even more traditional types of businesses, like the kind of shit like my brother's doing, you know, like washing windows, Mm -hmm. soap, water, and a squeegee, you know, like it, it's taking it. I, so I had, I had seen, I had heard this quote that was such an elegant way of defining what entrepreneurship is. And I, I use it like all the time and it's taking a, it's taking a resource of low economic value and bringing it to a place where it's a resource of high economic value or bringing a resource or a talent or a skill or a product to a place where it's worth more than where you brought it from. It's and arbitrage. That, and it's an arbitrage. And it could be your time. So you take mm-hmm. your time and you learn a new skill and that transforms it into an area of where now it's worth capital. And in business, also, it's, it's not about money. I think both of us are straight up, we love money. Money fucking rocks. But that's not why we do business. It's for like freedom and... you know what I'm saying? Like it's a feeling that we're doing it for more than we're doing it for a number. Like I I don't get off on numbers. Mm -hmm. I don't understand numbers. Um, I don't know where we were going with that. We were, we were defining business, defining business. And so I think that I feel like the one I had, the, the example I had, I had lied, I had laid out such an elegant way of doing it. You're taking something that has no value and you're putting your twist on it to the point where now it has value. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's super simple. It's all you got to do. Um, well, that's kind of interesting because I think for some people it comes instinctual and some people it doesn't. I mean, what, what you brought up in terms of it being a very low cost entry into, into being able to do business. Um, nowadays you have people that say they're in the business for themselves that, you know, perhaps don't understand what they're doing. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because I think you, um, you started into freelancing at a young age. And, and I think freelancing breaks down business to its fundamentals. Yeah. Because somebody's paying you to do something for them. So at the end of the day, freelancing is also, it's kind of just working. You know? 
it becomes a business when you add in processes and systems that now multiply your time Bef- until you're doing that you're just you're just working mm-hmm. you know and i think that's i mean as i think that's again another another complete episode about how to transform a freelance business into now a business business um and it's something that you know i if it took me four years looking back in retrospect. Like I, the, for those four years, I thought that I was doing business, but there was a s- specific time where I'm like, okay, now I'm multiplying my time. I'm not just servicing people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that became the arbitrage, right? Yeah, I heard. Um, I was at I was at a seminar. I think it was a Rockstar Real Estate seminar, and they were and they were talking about the phases that they went through in business, and then they were kind of saying like when, when you're a one man operation, there is kind of like a universal, um, bottleneck mm-hmm. and there's a universal level you can hit, which they thought was about like 250 grand a year. Where it's like, you can bring that much level, that much value on your In own, like revenue, w- which I think, which I think defines business very well. It's, it's yeah. just bringing value to another person and then right. them compensating you for it. I think, I think that that's probably a good definition at the fundamentals. So, you know, you have, you know, some, some sort of capacity on your own to bring that value. And then, you know, at some sort of financial cap, you could define it by, then you need more people to help you. Right. Um, with that. So I, I, I think, think that's a good, good transition. Let's, let's, so listen, I get like, like we said at the beginning, a lot of people watching right now are people that know us. It's probably going to be your parents, probably gonna be your friends, probably it, people it's things just like my that. mom, just your mom. Colleen What's up, Colleen? Out. Use Colleen at checkout. <laughs> I like that joke. I keep <laughs> use Colleen at checkout. <laughs> I've been wanting to do it for so long. I listen to so many podcasts, and they <laughs> and they use the thing at checkout, and I want to do it. But yeah, I think it's a good spot. Let's let's transition. So I think let's do the bios. Okay. And I think it's always interesting hearing a bio from someone because it's always more modest than it will ever be from coming from someone else. Um, mm. Yeah. Or here's an or idea. overinflated. Here's an idea. Or it's overinflated. I feel like neither of us w- will fall in the overinflated. No. Area. But well, maybe here's an idea of. I mean, I listen. Hey. Those are some, those are some heavy pours on the on the rum. Let's do <laughs> let's do the reverse. Let's do the let's you do, the do each other's bios. Let's do each other's no, bios. I was hoping it wouldn't come to this. But. <laughs> let's do each other's bios because <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like last time it was like. I think you had a lot, especially like when we were talking about this, you had a lot of apprehension of like a lot of things you, yeah. should, you should say. Yeah. And so let's, let's break through all of it and we'll do each other's bios. Okay. And this is on, this is on the spot. All right. I got to pee though. Okay. Well you can pee. This is a, this, this is a classic. This not happen more in the long form podcast. This Maybe is a classic Joe Rogan much. thing. Like I got to pee in the podcast. Like I'm not going to hold check this the, for you like check the time. It's down there. Can't, we can't see it here. You okay. Time what are you going to talk about when I'm gone though? Um, why don't you, uh, why don't you talk about how how you're optimizing uh, the space here? Yeah, that, that's let's do th- let's do that. Like, right, like I, I think I have, I've got I, I put in a good amount of rules here. Yeah. Okay, go right. pee. Go. Um, okay, so like we were saying, we've got this space, and it is. Um, what are we? We're an hour in. All right, sweet. What's up, guys? Okay, so anybody who's still on this on this podcast. Um, Thank you. You're an hour in. Um, so I think we like, okay, so how I'm up in this space, essentially, you know, this space is a, it's a very large two bedroom condo with a den. It's very large. Um, in terms of square footage, it's, it's way more than, you know, what we need, but it's, again, we're looking at it as a way to optimize and, and, and enable us to do stuff. So 
in terms of the way that I'm trying to transition from doing homework to then office work and then now back to homework, I've set up very strict rules for myself on what I'm allowed to do in every room. Um, and so for, to my right here is, is our main office space and that's the second bedroom. Um, and so in that room, I mean, there is times when we, when we break the rules, but essentially it's like in that room, you know, work is only being done. Um, no YouTube videos, no anything like that. Like if you're going into this room, you're going into it to, uh, push your business forward, push something, what you're doing for, like you're going in there to be productive. You're not going in there to be entertained. Um, in terms of the open area we're in right now, which is like our living room, where we have this nice large table to work out with a bunch of people. This is a very flux space. So this can be, this is sometimes where I have breakfast. This is where I do my journaling in the morning. Um, this, this is where we have the podcast um, for now. We've got a den back there, which will eventually be the podcast room. And then we've got my bedroom. And so my bedroom is, you know, completely separated from everything else. Um, and, and so like my, the rules I had set up was that, you know, and there is some times when I just go to use the bathroom or bedroom and all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of like when you leave your bedroom for the morning, dressed and ready to go, you don't return to it until you're ready to go to bed. You know, not even like, okay, you come home from work and now you can go to your bedroom. It's like my bedroom is for like sleeping, getting ready in the morning, um, and then entertaining special guests. That's about it. And and so th I think, listen, I think that was quick. You got a quick pee. That's the spark notes of how let, I'm optimizing this Let me this not space. stop you at the special guests. Let's hear more about them. We don't need to hear about special guests. Okay, we'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> a um, lot of windows here, and we've got another condo behind us, um, which we've got good blinds here, but you have to remember to... Maybe we'll get some guests. Maybe people will see us recording a podcast in here. There's like, hey, some interesting people here. in this building. Yeah. There, there, honestly, there is. That's been one thing that, like, just even walking around here day to day... Compared to my other building, where so my other building was, you know, very much in the heart of downtown, kind of like right by the Rogers Center, right by the Air Canada Center. And you'd think that plate that area would be somewhere that would attract, I don't know, interesting individuals or at least individuals that were doing things that would be interesting to us. Mm -hmm. It was the complete opposite. It was people working at banks, and they're only working there or they're only living there because it was the shortest walk to their bank their bank job and so just looking at the difference between and i think right now like where we're living where i'm living is it's more of a luxury condo it's you know it's more i feel like it has we have we have actual penthouses here all this kind of stuff so it's higher net worth individuals living in this in this area um and it's just interesting seeing the contrast of that like living at the at the other place it was people would leave at 8 a.m look miserable and they'd come and then i would and then they'd come back at five look miserable no one would ever be leaving to go anywhere other than like it you'd never see anybody leaving looking like you're going somewhere on like an adventure or like to do something or you know it was always like they were going to do something they didn't want to do whereas here i i mean we don't see as many people here because it is a smaller complex but like when you see someone you're like i would talk to you like mm -hmm. i i would like to talk to you you look like an interesting person um i think that's just like a a note i don't think we need to dive too deep into that mm. um but, so you peed, you're, uh, you're all good to go on the bio. I think, well, how are we going to choose who goes first? Um, I'll go first. Okay. So, I mean, I've, I've only known you for, I think it's under a year. Is it under a year? Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit over No, because we would have done those, we would have done those videos early summer, right? Okay. Maybe, maybe a little bit over a year. 
maybe maybe like a year and a few months. But not really known each other. Like we didn't really know each other at that point. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, we, I mean, I know you as I at that point I had known you as much as I know all of my clients, mm-hmm. Re- right? Like, so we met each other. You were you were working with you were doing a fit escapes video video. So I was shooting a travel fitness video. Okay. For one of my friends Cassie, who we're gonna have on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And I had met your. I met your business partner, Misha. Yeah, you met you met Misha on that trip, and sh- and at the time, uh, we we were looking for a videographer to do a yoga class how to kind of series, so somebody who could film that for us. Uh, so M- Misha and I, a little bit of backstory, started a company called Namastetics 2016. I think it was November 2016, back in the day. It feels so long ago. I think it was like three years ago now. So we, we, we started that company three years ago and we were looking for somebody to create some cool content um, that will engage like, you know, our customer base beyond just buying some pants from us. Um, and she had recommended you to, to record some videos of, of some intro yoga classes for us. So that, that, that's how we initially met, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because you always, you always kind of bring it back to like, you know, this was a very serendipitous meeting between, between the two of us. So you it weren't, was. you weren't meant to go on this trip as I, as I understand it. Not you were, at all. You were, you were brought in at the last minute by Cassie. And so we were, we were actually supposed to have Cassie here today. Yeah. Cassie. Let's just put a bookmark in. One of the greatest people I know. Yeah. Straight up. One of the best people I know. Humans sh- across the board. Best. Um, both and so, her and her boyfriend. Yeah. Like absolutely. Both. Shout out to yeah. just Cassie and Jamique. Jamique um, makes a great burger. A great burger. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Cassie has this company called Fit Escapes who I got introduced to again serendipitously. Like, we'll, we'll dive into that when we have Cassie on the podcast. Yeah. But so let's just say I know Cassie and... Uh, and so I had, I had filmed for one of, she, she runs this fitness retreat company called fit escapes and it's again, go away, you get fit. Like you, you do, you do workouts, you eat healthy, you, you kind of work on yourself. There's some self development in it. It's a great time. And so I had, I had filmed one of her, one of her retreats to make like a promo video and they were going to Tulum, Mexico and Cassie was kind of like on and off and whether I was going to come, um, to film and create a video for this, for this one. Cause I had done one in the past and uh, it turned out like okay, like this year we're not we're not doing it. And then uh, I was actually in the sauna, and I'd li- I'd come out of the sauna, I look at my phone, and Cassie and Cassie had gone to Tulum, and I had a text from her being like a text and like two calls, and I text her I'm like, "What's going on?" And she's like, "You have to come." She's like, "It's beautiful here. We want a video. We have an extra room. Come." And this is like a, this is a Friday night. I'm in the sauna. And I went with my buddy, and I'm just like, man, like I, I, I felt, I had felt kind of like stuck, and I had, I had recently just kind of just like, met, uh, you know, some relationships, relationships have been tossed up. I felt like I needed a vacation, and then this happened, and then I'd also just really wanted to go, and so I'm like, all right, Cassie, I'll be there in a day. And I think I had, yeah, I got the text on Friday, and I had left on Saturday or Sunday um, to Mexico, uh, flew to Mexico, and had a great time. Met Misha. Um, and I mean, me and me, me, Misha and her, her fiance, I don't know if they're engaged at the time, Costa, yeah. um, we had ventured around and, and I mean, we had a really good time together. And so it sounds like Tulum, Mexico is a, is an awesome place to go. It see. was great, man. Like it was, it was really good. Like I, re- I really want to go back. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And Me- Mexico is such a mainstream place for Canadians and Americans to go visit, but it sounds yeah. like Tulum is like, Tulum is different, man. Of, of Tulum it just is being so resorts. different. You can bike around. We, like it's, it feels like a. North American beach town. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, so we, so we, so we met on this, on so that's this why shoot. I'm on this trip and I met yeah. your business partner, Misha. 
And then we yeah. jammed about a year ago at a like a coffee shop, I think. Right. Then she said that she wanted to shoot some stuff with you. Yeah. And we 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 started jamming because we both liked uh, surfing. Yeah. I feel like that was a big one. Mm-hmm. And I was going to Bali, and you had recently been, so you know, started jamming right off the bat. And I think it was uh, you had an idea for a kind of different company. You had a business idea that you proposed to me over text. You had said something like, I had this issue where I always have a cardboard thing of gum in my pocket and it always gets squished. And do you have have any experience? This might, but did, did I ever propose to you the hair care company? Maybe the motorcycle ill hair product. Maybe Um, I didn't. No, 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 you did because we met at a cafe to talk about that. The, the yoga okay. the yoga videos and you had brought that up. Right. So you, you had expressed to me an interest about starting something in the e-commerce space. Right. Again, so, so I think background too, it's like I, so I've been running like a client service creative agency for four years, five years at yeah. this point, um, doing design, web development, animation, mm-hmm. everything, all creative kind of aspects. Um, and then we had started jamming. And again, when I'm doing this, as like a as like a business building this business, the long term goal for me has always been create products, sell them, do business. Don't do client services. Like it, like I was doing client services because that's what I would. That's just a lot of the things I had done in my life had led led me to do that. But I think my whole my, my mind was always um, consumed by business outside of client services. Mm. I think that's just as a. And then I'll let you caveat. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so we, we had kind of met back at the coffee shop. He had expressed some interest in e-commerce. Uh, and you messaged me about an idea as it relates to gum being squished in your pocket. So you had asked me if I had any experience manufacturing metals in China, <laughs> which is a great, a great way to, to start a conversation <laughs> with somebody. And I said that I did at the time I had a, a company that we'd recently started making jewelry in China. So I said I did. And we, we met over an idea of, you know, I want some sort of canister or metal contraption that people can use to refill their gum, which actually, t- which I think people could see coming from the mayonnaise situation. <laughs> um, but you, but, but you had an idea for some sort of like refillable metal container to put gum in. So like I wanted, I wanted a sleeve your- that was aluminum. Should yeah. We, we, so that, that, that that's an intro yeah. to like another whole business idea that we have. So anyway, we we had kind of started around with some e-commerce ideas, um, and and that's how we kind of met. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know meeting you, I knew that we had a lot of similar interests. Um, I I had been in e-commerce for something like two years at the point at that point, and a lot of the sticking points that e-commerce has uh, for anybody that's just getting into this space without any real experience, I realized that you had some interesting skill traits in. So, you know, anybody starting an e-commerce probably realizes that there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of ads that need to be created, a lot of, you know, creatives in video and static imagery that need to be done that I saw that you had a ton of experience doing pictures and video content for different brands. And it was something that took a lot of time for me where I'm like, you know, if I had somebody that as a part, as a potential partner who knew how to do all this stuff and was good at it, that it would really accelerate e-commerce in the, in the early phases. So I think, I think that's kind of like what got me interested in, in potentially working with you as an e-commerce partner. And you had a good idea around the, around this gum company. And so we started c- combining forces into creating something, um, something. Um, yeah. And we had, we had kind of experimented with a few different e-commerce brands at the time, but you know, 
I, I think this is transitioning into some into me trying to sell you to somebody else, <laughs> which which I, I kind of like. So I think I think as a person, you're um, you're very design focused, which works really well for creating products. Mm-hmm. And you you pay special attention to the way things are made, which I don't think is that common. And which was something that I thought we could relate to very early on, where things that people overlook, you and I could both you know take a look at something you know and say like this could be made better or the design sucks but the functionality is there mm-hmm. um so, so you know w- w- i think i think w- the f- the early on conversations we had were walking through stores and seeing like this product could be made better than that and we had some complementary skills um that led into what we're doing now so um in terms of like a biography for you um it's, it sounds like you had some entrepreneurial ventures as a young guy yeah. Back in high school, you're doing freelance design. 16, 17 years old, I think it yeah. was, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then you, you kind of did some creative stuff, and then, and then you're doing some client services stuff around um, animations. Yeah, uh, you were doing some some video content and and things like that, creative work for yeah, so like bigger I, brands. I, yeah, like I I essentially had created this company called Vanquished Media, and the only reason I called it Vanquished is because. Um, I wanted an Austin Martin Vanquish. That was the, and that was like, I like that name. Let's do it up. And I needed a name for what I, whatever I was doing. And like I said, like I was never, whenever I was doing anything, it was always for like a long-term goal. So I always named everything that I did. I never, I never put it under a personal brand. I always named it as something that could be bigger than myself. Um, and like I said, like I, I went, I went away to, I went away to university, uh, dropped out of dropped out after two years and then went full-time in the business and in doing going full-time in the business I was looking for you know the best again because I was looking for something larger I was just looking for the best um, ROI of my time and animation for software companies became that Um, and so like Vanquish Media still does a ton of software animation um, and also animation for other types of businesses but software is our main our main kind of like vertical um and we still do that so that that, then again like that's kind of what has allowed me to take a step back in my early 20s which i feel like a lot of people don't have the opportunity to a lot of people they finish school then they're looking for a job then whereas like i kind of like i was in school had a business decided to take a leap was able to make a a good living for about two years doing animation, um, freelance, freelance freelance type of animation. But also like, again, like this is where I made that transition of doing freelance to your business with processes. And so like I was multiplying my time. I was, I was putting in processes to making animations go quick, like all this kind of, so it's like I was making more than a freelance animator because I, I had put in processes to create a business. Um, and so that was like the kind of little bit of like, that was the little area where I was, I was, I was doing really, really well with that. Um, and then I honestly, it was, it was a little bit of burnout. So, so, so you were in high school, you were doing graphic freelance designs for companies. Um, and then you, you would, you would, uh, join the program at Ryerson and you were in that for a short amount of time before dropping out to start your own business. So I'm, I'm interested to hear why, like what, what, what were the variables or thought patterns that Mm -hmm. led you into quitting university at kind of a young age and then going into business for yourself. So, I mean, I was at the point of dropping out of university. I was, I had a good client base. I had one specific project that was just paying me straight up every month. Okay. 
and I was in a spot where I could not get the courses I wanted to take anymore. Like I just, I just, uh, and I had, I, there was an inflection point where I was just like, I'm paying money for university and I'm not doing me. I'm not even learning the things I want to learn. So like, let's just take a step back and let's just let my, let my mind go wild for a bit. And then again, I was also very confident that, and I don't know where the confidence came from. Maybe we can pack it out, unpack it in like a, in a future episode. But it was like, I was just so confident that even if I left school, I could make more money than everybody else. Um, so you could see the value that you could bring other people early yeah, on. Yeah. It was, it was kind of just like, I can just figure it out. Like it was, it was almost one of those things where everyone was, I, I felt like no one else had seen the light. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that from a way that feels again, pretentious or braggy, but it was like when I'd have conversations with people that they just didn't, they weren't connecting all of the dots. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be mean that I'm just crazy, but I, I looked at it as a way that they just don't see all the fucking dots. And, and it was for, again, it was, it was one of those things where I was in a creative field where people don't look that, they don't look at those kind of things. But then I was also, when I look at like all the content I had consumed early on in life and all the things I thought I wanted to be, I was consuming a bunch of business stuff. So I was, I was, I was, I was pulling from this business end and then pulling from this creative services end. And then I think that, I think whatever that mixed together inside of me was just like, let's just go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it and it led to amazing opportunities and a lot of great things. And I've, I made a lot of things over the cup, a couple of years that I'm really, really proud of. Um, so, so I see it as, as kind of like an eye for practicality where I think a lot of people in that space of creativity and, and production don't have an eye, don't have an eye for the value that it brings or the practicality that right. has in reality. And so maybe you had uh, some little spark of like an, of like sitting on the connection between creativity and business that allowed you to see, you know, some sort of path that nobody else could see, which I would say is pretty telling and pretty accurate for the kind of person that you are, um, is, is somebody that can merge, uh, like a creativity perspective mixed with like, what's the actual value that this would bring Mm -hmm. somebody or a brand or a company or something like that. I think, I think that's a good way of kind of encompassing your mindset and who you are as a person. Um, and you know, a a lot of people like some, a lot of people in my network, a lot of friends of mine that have met you or hear about you are always like flabbergasted by how young you are, Mm -hmm. you know? It's been honestly a very common thing through my whole life. And I don't know what, I don't know what caused it. Um, there's a couple of very specific times when you say that it just sparked my mind where it's like people who I really look up to were like, wait, Oh, you're just like, you're this age. Um, and I feel like so much of it is just, I never paid attention to it. Mm. The things you don't pay attention to become the things that don't matter. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like in the things you pay attention to are the things that become very, mm. very important. So I very much, info- I was focused on, I was focused on, honestly, I was focused on making money and learning things. Mm-hmm. And those became the things that were the, the two things that essentially paid me and also allowed me to live, um, a, you know, a life very early on in my life that I was, I was very proud of, honestly. Mm-hmm. Not satisfied, but very proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing I never, ever, ever paid attention to was my age. If anything, I was so grateful when people thought I was older than who I was. Whereas I think so many times, so often people can think I'm too young and people say that to me and therefore I'm less like, it's, it's almost a limiting like belief. it's a limiting belief. Whereas yeah. like, I just never paid attention to it. I mm. never paid attention because I didn't think it fucking mattered. Like I, 
it might have been a little bit of a cockiness early on in my like in my like 17 18 year old range where I was just like I, I had mentors where I could see their businesses slipping and I was just like I could do better you know it, it might have been a, a, a accumulation of a lot of things but yeah. it was, I never paid attention to how old I was I never did I never like it was if someone asked me I would just I would shift the, it was just something I never I never paid attention to it mm-hmm. and I think that's why it became so irrelevant in my life mm. and I'm, I'm really happy that I th- and I, I don't look at that as something that I manifested at all I look at it as something I was just I, I lucked out on and that mm. my mindset took me in a direction that I didn't care about how old I was mm. or how much experience I had I, I, th- um, I think that you have a passion for not only is this something that I enjoy but it's something I can see other people enjoying right you know, whether it be some sort of product or a video or something like that's, that's really the difference between somebody who is, you know, creative and can see things differently versus somebody who makes an actual impact with some of those things. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's that, I think it's a a connection between it's something that's different and cool, but that I, you know, a lot of other people would see it that way. You know, I I guess, I guess that would be, you know, how I see your mentality being. Cool. Um, I, f- I feel like that gives a good circle. On that was like a terrible circle, dog. That was a very <laughs> drawn out circle. But I, I mean, I think it was, I think it brought up and opened a lot of things. So I mean, I think if, we're, if we were to give the spark notes on this, known each other for about a year, um, kind of connected very early on. And I, I honestly, I, I remember when we were, when I was in Tulum, Misha being like, you need to meet my business partner. You're exactly like him. <laughs> like I remember her saying oh, that really? when we were on a bike ride Yeah. and I was like, okay, um, and then obviously, like when we shot for Namastetics, I was like, "Oh, he's like making products. This is really cool." Because like mm-hmm. I, I always kind of just wanted to make products, but all I did was make videos and mm-hmm. design and stuff, you know. Um, and so for me, it was it was just always just being like very very curious and stuff. And I was always curious about mm-hmm. any business. Um, and yeah, so I think I think I think it gave us in terms of Spark Notes. It's like yeah, we've known about each other for about a year, connect very early on with like a, a couple of very fundamental business practices and ideas yeah. about what matters. Um, and then from there, it's kind of just been like. I feel like whenever we throw out an idea, it's never judged ever. Mm. If you throw out an idea, I never judge it. If you, I throw out an idea, you never judge it. So it's like, it's always just like, we really fucking unpack everything. Mm. And so I think that's been um, valuable throughout everything. And so I think it's pretty key as business partners to be able to just throw an idea on the table yeah. and not attach yourself with the outcome of that idea. For it's sure. Like, this is, this is what was pulled from me, but a bit, it's, it's just like, this is what was pulled and then right. it's on the table and then it's objective. And we never and think like, I feel like I feel like aside or, or kept, it doesn't, it's not attached to who we are. Right. And I feel like we never compete on anything Yeah. for as much as I feel like we're both very competitive people. It's like, I'm never trying to beat you ever. Mm-hmm. Like, and if I, I feel like I'm never trying to, I'm, I'm never defending from you beating me. I, I think that's, um, again, a very valuable thing. And I think, so, I mean, in terms of spark notes of my bio, it's like, I started as a freelance graphic designer. I made a bunch of websites. I made a bunch of animated videos um, and now I've, you know, one of my biggest passions is design and I want to start, I, I spend a lot of time in like the software startup space and I don't think as much as those companies think that they're influencing people's lives day to day and they're, you know, these big software companies are, are revolutionizing the world. I don't think they are. I think companies like Simple Human making really, really good soap pumps hmm. matter more. Like, you know, like it's not always the big things. It's the little things. And I think that's the thing that as I get older and as I have more disposable income and as I decide to allocate that disposable income towards certain things, I've noticed the little things matter. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's where my, my, my it's where my mind is now. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, for people, I'm not trying to sell people who are trying to pay rent. I have no, des- like, and it's not, I, I have no desire to create products for people who can't pay rent because they're not going to be up. They're never going to get the best product. And I only want to make the best product. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my mind for the last couple months has totally been in how can I make the life of people who have disposable income to where, you know, um, everyday menial things are covered for. Mm. And I think some of those people have the worst internal issue. You know, the, some of those people who have everything covered in terms of financial, some of those have, some of those people have the worst, um, day-to-day lives, you know, like, like, or they have like the, these little things that eat at them. So how can I relieve those? And I, I think a lot of people are going to think, when I say this, like, oh, so you're trying to save rich people from worrying about the soap dispenser? Like, no, it's like, it's, I look at it as a more impactful problem Mm. than, or at least it's where I want to spend my time right now. Okay. So let me, let me, let me try to rephrase this and and throw it back at you and see if if it's accurate. Yeah. So you're trying to, if somebody d- isn't constrained by their finances, finances yeah. try to try to optimize their day-to-day living in a way that that it it makes them the most happier. It's it's the most efficient for them because Re- here's rega- a, irregardless of how much they're spending for it. Because money can make you happy to a certain extent, mm-hmm. and then there's a and then there's a wall. There are totally is, and it, and then it comes down to relationships and all that. So if someone has all, they they they'll never go hungry again. And they'll never go for a place. They'll never sleep in a place with, without a roof. Mm-hmm. And then they also have their relationships down packed. They have people around them that they love, and they're doing something meaningful. The, those people still have something left yeah. to to yeah. gain. That's a good point. Like they basically meet all of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. So the people that meet all of those needs: shelter, basic health. Yeah, uh, relationships, career fulfillment, and because of the way humans what are, are the gaps, and and because of the way humans are, there's still gaps. Yeah. When you have everything, you still have nothing. Mm-hmm. That's where my mind's been. Mm. Yeah, I um, like and I think that yeah, that's that just was interesting me in, interesting me uh, right now. I like that thought because I feel like it's it is pretty relevant. I mean, especially living where we live. A lot of people have met all these needs to I an mean, extent. Today, we walked around furniture stores mm-hmm. where there was $30,000 couches yeah, that looked fucked. like $1,000 couches. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a they're creating it for someone. And, I, I, and if anything, I'm just more intrigued about what makes those people tick. Mm. Yeah, it's it's kind of like without a financial constraint. What's what's the right? What would you pick above all else? What would you pick? exactly? Yeah. It's almost yeah. way better than trying to create a product for everybody that everyone can afford and everyone can enjoy. I don't want that. Yeah, those people are easy. Mm-hmm. If someone can't afford rent, you give them anything and they have something. But if someone has any everything, what can you give them? Mm-hmm. And now they feel like they have something. Mm-hmm. Like that is such a more perplexing problem for me to solve. Like at least from a fulfilled point of view, if I could do that, I would just be more interested in that. I, I, I don't. I don't think I'm solving uh, pressing problems or things that are going to really make the world a better place. I don't. I don't. I'm not that person. Sorry. 
but I'm doing something and I'm really, and I, I think where my head is right right now, I'm really, really, really I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that's, I think that's the first time we were impacted that thoughtfully. Mm, that's good. Um, but I think we, we definitely glazed over your bio. Um, and I feel like I can give probably a very high level, like high level bio of like what this is. And then we can dive into like the, the peaks and the valleys of it. That's and so, good. In terms of like Shane, I think in terms of him and us, I think we've already like kind of covered a lot of like the similarities in terms of like we're we're strategic overthinkers, um, and and we like the finer things in life, and and we connoisseurs like of red of rum and Red Bull, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> one thing I'm not a yeah. This one thing I think I feel like both of us, neither of us are very like into alcohol. Alcohol. No, no, we're kind of more of like enjoying the benefits the of benefits it. The benefits of it, yeah. Which maybe maybe that's a thing later on where we we kind of like really dive into the nuances of nuances, the differences right. between tastes of liquor and everything. <laughs> but right now we're buying that's rings a, that's that an tell old us what man game. <laughs> it's an old man game. That, well, I think that's uh, I I don't want to get into it too early. I think the moment. Cause listen here, if you think any whiskey tastes good, you're fucking insane. It all tastes like gasoline. Listen, <laughs> it's all gasoline. It, one of them might taste nuttier than the other one, or whatever it is, but it's all gasoline, man. Yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of I have a lot of uh, you know girlfriends of country singers and dads that watch too much football that claim to be whiskey whiskey hunters. It all I tastes. Th- like I think you might be offending. It still takes. Co- it, hey, still tastes like gasoline. One might taste better than the other one, but it's still gasoline. Yeah. At the end of the day, listen, Kool Aid's better than anything else. Like or whatever Kool Aid jammers, Kool Aid jammers or whatever. Like it's it's still better than your fucking whiskey. So, <laughs> it, it, and at the end of the day, all this alcohol is taking us to the same spot. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alcohol will take us to the same spot. Listen, yeah. you guys can live in your you guys can drive in your Rolls Royce or whatever it is. But like, listen, man, I think the ride's really quick with alcohol. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you you were gonna up talk me. Let me. Yeah, we're really let, digressing. Let me, let me so not interrupt you um, on that. So yeah, like I mean, for Shane, he went to school for fill in the blank. I don't know that. I don't know that much about you. Nipissing you. Nipissing. What do you what did you go for? Nipissing you. But where what did you go for? I originally went for phys ed. Phys ed. Because I was looking at my high school phys ed teacher, and he wore shorts and a muscle tee every day to work, mm. and I was like, "Fuck that's, yeah, that's what I want. That, that's that's amazing. That's what I want." Okay. And he was driving a Toyota Corolla. And I was like, <laughs> "That's that's a car." I, I would get okay A to B that. man, just like the rum. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah. So from what I know, it's like you, you went through university, then you went kind of just right into being a sales guy at lifetime fitness. Oh yeah. Doing a lot of sales, which I think is a very common thing amongst business guys. They, they started in sales. Um, go grab another something to mix this with. And, and uh, sure. Ice. Well, I read a book called rich dad and poor dad, rich dad, poor dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Did you read that? I've not read Rich Dad Poor Dad. Okay, you probably isn't it, it an inve- now, isn't it an investment book? Uh, it's more of a mindset differentiator between different than the Wealthy Barber. Yeah, I don't. I really read get the, into the Wealthy Barber is much more of an investment book, right? Uh, I didn't read the Wealthy Barber actually, but a Rich Dad Poor Dad was basically a story about two dads, both who made the same amount of money, one who ended up wealthy and one did not. Okay. So it's kind of like a, uh, a business mindset book. But anyway, you read this one? I read that and it suggested that to be in business, you have to understand sales. That that, okay. that was the lifeblood of business. Okay. So that, that, that got me into it. It's like, all right, well, I'll fucking just start I'm off a being a sales rep. I'm a horrible sales guy. I don't um, think you are. No. All right, we'll let that be what it, what it, what it be. But um, so I mean, yeah. So Shane, 
he, he started in, in sales and learned a lot in his time at Lifetime Fitness. And uh, had, I think one of those people had always been very intrigued by business, um, but never had like a lot of like tangible kind of like pushers toward business. You know, is, is that a fair, fair thing? Like you never had like a opportunity this pop up uh, yeah i i uh i think i think i was one of the people that was looking for the easiest path in the beginning okay and i, I think i reached an inflection point where i was where i was sick of living that lifestyle. the easiest path yeah and you started wanting to look for the things that couldn't be achieved by the easiest path yeah i don't know I, I didn't i didn't have at the time a need to feel a need to be in business per se, or a need to excel. I was just like, just trying to get by for a bit. And I think it's, I think earlier on in school and things, it was a need to kind of fit in, mm. which, you know, you know, I was, I was just like a need to be accepted early on in, in high school, uh, specifically. And then through university, I kind of reached a point where I was just sick of that. And I stumbled upon, um, Jim Rohn, who is an early personal development speaker. And it kind of opened up my eyes to what was possible. And I was, you know, sick of kind of settling for what I thought was just acceptable by everybody else. And I was looking for something more so that, that, that was kind of what got my mind thinking in a place that I'd never thought about before. And so that's when you transitioned into lifetime doing sales. Yeah, I was, I was, well, I was, I was going to school for Fazette at the time and gotten poor grades all through school. And then I was, was just reached a point where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I want, I w just was, was at a point where I was willing to do anything or I was, you know, kind of accepted an identity that I thought would make me fit in. And I, I reached a point where I wanted to forge one for myself. And the, and there was Jim Rohn introduced me to some ideas where it was an opportunity to build an identity where anything was possible where I could look at somebody in a Lamborghini and be like, oh, you know, that that's something that was for somebody else, where it was like anything is possible, and if I want to drive that car, there's a way to do it. Um, so it really changed the way that I looked at things, and when you change the way that you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm. And it changed reality a lot for me, where I was like, you know, I can make things happen. What are the first steps? And it was, at the time, just excelling at school. Because uh, I was in university, I felt like I was wasting a lot of my parents' money on the tuition that I was paying. Um, so I decided to, you know, make a move to make the best of where I was. Um, and that led me down, like, a whole path of personal development where I realized that, I, you know, the, the, the program that I was in school didn't lead down a path that I wanted to be in. Um, because, you know, everything had a limitation to it where I saw business as a way that it was something that had no ceiling. And it was a business is kind of like a representation of where you are. You know, you kind of make who you are as a person. And the more you develop yourself as a person, the more you make financially, the more value you're able to give to some, the more value you're able to give to somebody else. That's kind of how I saw it early on. And bring it back to this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it, his early kind of instruction was if you're looking to be in business, it's good to be, a, it's good to understand sales. So I, I started looking for something in sales and that's how I started slinging gym memberships. Okay. So you're slinging gym, gym memberships and then you had a friend where, so I, I, again, you're in, you're in the mindset of you're always talking about business. You're sharing business ideas with people and it usually happens to be people who you're close with. Um, you have a friend kind of like, from what I remember, from what I recall, you have a friend kind of like say to you, Hey, Let's start a business and you're like, and you kind of give it a cold shoulder. 
Yeah. Um, he comes back to you a couple months later uh, with some numbers and you're like, and you kind of look down maybe on, on what you're doing, the hours you're putting in and, um, and there's an inflection point. That's where you, you kind of hit, I feel like you hit a wall and then you make a decision at that wall. You either, you know, you keep walking along that wall or you fucking decide to blast through it. Mm. Um, and from the story you've told me, it's kind of like you just blast through that fucking wall um, and you quit the job. Yeah, I was working uh, a sales job at the time, a place called Lifetime Fitness in Mississauga. And a friend came to me who started an e-commerce business. And Were you not mixing this with, this with anything? I mean, do you have anything to mix? Maybe we, yeah, I'll get some. Okay, you, 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 you go get some mix. Zach needs some mix for his Grey Goose. It's like $100 a bottle, but he's got to mix some $5 Coke in with it. Um, anyway... So I had a friend at the time who was starting an e-commerce business. Uh, he, wa- he, he, he was interested in starting one, came to me. Uh, I turned him down because I was working really hard at the, the corporate job that I was in. And a few months later, he came back to me w- showing me some of the money that he was making at the time. And the second I saw um, how much money he was making, I realized that what I was doing was... Um, was n- was not going to be as fruitful for me as I had thought. Um, I wanted to build something that was going to last, something outside of the money I was making day to day. So um, I quit my corporate job shortly thereafter to pursue something where I could be building a brand or something that would outlive the work that I was putting in. Um, so I, I left my corporate job with nothing to do. And it's, it's not something that I would recommend to everybody because when I left my corporate job, I also left my identity that I had with it. I had this identity that I was working at a good job where I wore a, a fucking suit every day and thought it was a good... Oh, cheers, brother. There we go. Yeah, give me some nasty. tea. Um, I left it... I left... Which I think is, is harder for most people. Um, just leaving an identity that they have with themselves more than a job. Cheers. With nothing to do, but I knew I wanted to start a business for myself. And I left, I was, I was, uh, so there was, there was like a three month period where I left my job and I was doing nothing where I actually didn't want to go out in public with the fear of somebody asking me what I did, Mm. which I didn't have a good answer for. Like if, I don't know if anybody uh, anybody can relate to this experience, but like going out and somebody being like, what do you do? And you not having literally any answer, um, especially after the experiences I had where I felt like I was building a future for myself. It's um, a good feeling to have, though, earlier on in life. I didn't look at it that way. No, but I'm saying in retrospect. In retrospect, yeah. It's a good feeling to have. Because you put your back against the wall, which I feel like a lot of people don't do, um, where you're like, I have to either fucking make something of this or I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, and so I started, so I started trying to sell things online, which started with a wallet. Didn't work. As I say to everybody who tries to start e-commerce, the first thing you try probably won't work. And that's, that's kind of the first test of life saying, how bad do you want this fucking thing? Because the first thing probably won't work. Shouldn't and work. It, it shouldn't it work. shouldn't work. The worst thing for you is that it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the best thing for you is that you rethink your strategy plan and you try something else. Um, so I started a product that didn't work um, and, and it kind of led into, um, I started with wallets and 
I was like, you know what? No one, no one's buying wallets on uh, online. I need to try something else. And I was like, you know what? Who buys stuff online? Women. And that led into Namastetics, actually. It's so a Namastetics yoga wear brand. Been around for three, three and a half years. Th- yeah, three and a half years now. Um, like again, I think we want to keep these bios. We're about one, one bar of battery in the camera, so I think maybe we should uh, move quickly through this. So Namastetics. Um, Yoga wear brand you built up uh, over the over three years mm-hmm. is doing well. Mm-hmm. Has you know a base of of very very happy customers mm-hmm. and also like a really really solid brand. Um, and then I think you know bringing up another area of where we where we have a lot of crossover and it's that one of another thing where when we were at Tony Robbins what we learned about ourselves is that one of our main kind of like things that make us tick is uncertainty. And yeah. so you decided to, di- to diversify. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you diversified into jewelry again for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then trying yeah, to think, I, like, I, I mean, and then that's where we are now. Like, I think the right, like that's, yeah, y- yeah, you've, you've kind of like figured out a system for, uh, for, for selling shit online. And, and um, I mean, since that, we've started a home decor company called Nomadic Fabric, selling bohemian home decor. Um, we've st- and getting back to the name of this podcast, uh, after foreplay, we decided to, you know, take what I've kind of learned in the client services world, take what you've learned in the e-commerce world and, and combine them to create essentially an e-commerce agency's client services type company called foreplay. Um, the idea of this podcast is that it's, uh, it's it's after the work week. We're on a Friday right now, enjoying our time together. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's kind of where we are now. And I yeah, mean, in terms it. of what's going to happen the next year, like who the fuck knows? Mm-hmm. There's a lot in the works. There's uh, there's the idea of you know really branching out into the idea of figuring out fulfillment for e-commerce um, under you know whatever that is, and as well as taking retail brands and starting to transform them into fucking e-commerce machines, you know? A lot of retail brands, they focus so much on product, which is so important. And they've got to that point where, you know, the product is so amazing, but the distribution mm-hmm. is, is, is holding them, but there's still so much land grab in the e-commerce space, right? Where, and if they don't fucking move, they're now the blockbuster to, to, to Netflix, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's where, in terms of starting foreplay as an agency between you and I, it was that, okay, let's combine this knowledge of e-commerce with creative, which we think, I think both of us think as a, in terms of a thesis, we think is going to be one of the major differentiators between successful and non-successful e-commerce businesses is, is creative. When ad buying on digital platforms becomes more and more competitive. Um, and I think that's where we're at now. It's, it's that you know, both of us, I think both have a desire to help people that are like us three years ago. Mm. I think both of us have a desire to do that. That's why we're at this podcast right now. That's why we're doing this podcast. Um, and, and I think also if we talk about, you know, some of the value we want from this podcast, it's, we want to sit down and we want to talk to people who we wouldn't have sat down and talked to mm. in this time. Again, from what we said before, we spend a lot of time together and today we had a conversation we never would have had. I think that value is going to be multiplied in terms of people that aren't in your Mm -hmm. everyday life. And so putting it under the ether, anybody that wants to talk to us, we're happy to talk. Um, Yep. We're interested in it. 
anybody who's running a brand who hasn't been able to monetize it are happy to talk. Mm-hmm. And and even anybody who's got something interesting to say, we're happy to talk. We're we're it's this is again it's, this is this is a clean slate. And anybody out there who who wants to be a part of something, send us a message. It's a calling card. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Any anybody who's looking to live their life unconventionally, or even by design. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I heard very early on in my life. Today we ran past my old apartment right after you got bit by a dog. Oh yeah, that's quite the story. We're out for a run today, me and Shane, and I run past a dog, and he he lunges at me. It's a big dog, probably big pro- dog, probably like you know, three hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, lunges of at me, pure muscle. And I get out of the way because the athlete I am. <laughs> <laughs> And I, Shane gets I run clipped. straight into the jaws. Of yeah, death. and yeah. so Shane, I mean, we were running this. We were running the same pair of shorts um, from Lululemon. Shout out to the goat. And <laughs> um, yeah, Shane gets clipped by. And anyway, at, at that time, we we were running past my old apartment, and I don't know where I was going with this. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, the clip by the dog part is pretty interesting. No, I was talking about my. I was definitely wanted to make a connection to the apartment. Yeah. What I were mean, we talking about that? What were we talking about before this? We need huh. Jamie here. We need we need we need a commentator. We need a Joe Rogan Jamie. Um, I mean I mean here's the thing. I think I think a s- a good summary of it is, you know, a lot of a lot of that we're we're going to be talking about is is straight nonsense. Yeah. Um, a lot a lot of it is going to be the thoughts that come out of our head, but we're looking to bring people some value in terms of, you know, maybe maybe having some business idea or having some way of living that you think is going to work for you and life by design life by design. I know where we're going with that. Okay. So go ahead. The other, the other morning you came into the office and I was here already cause I live here <laughs> and I had shown you a, a list I had written, um, back when I was living in the old apartment that we had ran, pa- ran past today. And, uh, it was, th- and so talking about life by design, anybody who wants to live their life like they fucking created it, the idea that anything in your life is, is there because it's just there is bullshit. Everything in your life is there because, of, okay, you're born into certain situations, but everything, you, you can change fucking everything. And I mean, at least for me too, it's like, so you walked into the office the other day and I showed you, I I found an old notebook. Again, things you find in the move, right? When you're moving from place to place. And I had found an old notebook where I had written and literally at the top of the page, all it said was what I want. And one of those things was a condo on the harbor. Right now, where are we sitting? We're sitting in a condo on the fucking harbor. And it had said I wanted a muse business. And at that time, what that meant to me was that I could go to sleep and wake up and make money. Now we have nomadic fabrics. That's what that is. And there was one other list on that. I think it was like a better body or something. And right now, in terms of the time when I had written that list, I'm in a way better shape than I ever had. And all of that happened by fucking design. And, and so th- this is kind of me right now. I'm, I'm, again, I'm real buzzed, but I'm talking <laughs> real passionately about this idea about life by design. And it's that like, you make a fucking decision to design, like just as that you can decide to underline text, just as you can design like the way your apartment looks, you can design every aspect of your life. And I think that's who we're talking to is mm-hmm. people that believe in that idea is that your thoughts are your reality and it's thoughts plus reality plus real fucking work and a little bit of luck. 
and that and then you get your life by design and right now my life is fucking designed and so i'm talking to anybody three years before where i am now you can design your life um i listen to amazing podcasts that transform my life and transform things i do every single day and those people are still out there and they're doing really really great things i'm hoping to just put my spin on it and i think you are too and i think um well hey i think i think that's a great note and a great rant to to bring things to a close to put a bow on it um a lot of great stuff coming your way yeah. As I, as I hope you've gotten from this initial podcast, um, Zach and I hope to bring you guys a lot of value, yeah. some entertainment along the way as well. Um, and we, and we, conversations with people you wouldn't normally hear from. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, I, yeah. th- I think we have some interesting people we're going to bring your way. Uh, hopefully Cassie, Cassie day. I know you're busy, we'll Cassie. Get on See here you soon. Next, get on here next episode. Um, anyway, after foreplay, I don't think we touched on this before we close the, the e-commerce agency Zach and I have formed is called foreplay, um, the foreplay agency. And we've named this podcast after foreplay as the end to our week and the end to our thoughts. Um, so hope you guys enjoy it and we're looking forward to next time. Zach, any other last notes? Honestly, I'll see you next week, wherever we post this, toss a follow. And if you want to design your life, I would say it's a good place to start. Fuck yeah, bud. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Later.